0: Hello, everybody. This is the uh, House of No Ho podcast show. This is the first one we're doing. We got my, my client and uh, new friend, uh, Justin Nazir, right? Nizer. Nizer. Okay. Nazir. Yeah, I'll call you Naz for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that skilled there. Man. Don't put that on me. Yeah, man. So, um, I mean, right now, how long we know each other? Well, this what, seven months?
1: Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, I think that's probably
0: about right. I don't remember exactly when I set up my account here, but it feels like a Saturday month sort of thing. Okay, all right. And Justin is one of our members here at the House of NoHo. Of course, he winds up being our first um, guest um, on the podcast. So uh, I know a little bit about you, man, but give give the listeners a little bit of insight of who you are and what you do little background where they can follow you you know what i mean
1: yeah sure um as a trade i do film and video production uh sound and stuff too Uh, i live here in north hollywood um, so i work out of la but i produce video for a lot of different clients mostly um mostly in the music world mostly in the electronic world prior to everything that's going on in life right now it was a lot of music festivals, music tours. Right. We'll see what it looks like after this, but that's um that's my my career in a nutshell. I also produce music too, and awesome do a bunch of other options.
0: Awesome. Tell me how you how you got into it. Were you originally from LA or um and how did that how did you get into uh, the music and the videos and things?
1: Yeah, sure. Actually, I'm from a small town up in Northern California called uh, Placerville. Called Camino. It's kind of by where you go snowboarding in Tahoe. Okay. And uh, I, I had a friend that took me to a rave when I was like seventeen, and <laughs> it was very, very small. You okay. Know? Right. 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 Before all this stuff, this was like in two thousand. And uh, I just got really into electronic music in my small town. Mm-hmm. And then when I was uh, after I graduated um, high school, I went to San Diego kind of got into the DJ scene there and kind of wanted to edge my way into it more. Right. And then when I went to film school, um, I went to film school in Orange County, which was kind of between San Diego and L.A., and I I had the opportunity to meet a bunch of, like, people in the dance music scene here, and I just started taking my camera out uh, to videotape people and their their DJ sets that I was a fan of, Right. and then I would take it to my own sets that I would DJ to and tell the promoters, like, yo, I'll make a video. And this was, like, for MySpace, right, like, okay. this is before YouTube wow. had even been made. Right. And then um, I just got kind of lucky, like, I met a few, I met some artists that were right before they got really big, and then uh, promoters before they got really big, and then also, like, dance music that just about to explode, okay. so. I, uh, I kind of caught that wave and rode it and built up a pretty good client list from dope. there. And then, you know, I'm still doing the same thing now, just on a little bit bigger of a scale. That's dope, man. Yeah.
0: It's, it's so funny you talk about like luck and timing and that's like, um, you know, entrepreneurism is, seems like you kind of like took your creativity and it, and it kind of was like, time meets preparation meets like, Passion, desire. So you kind of like found your passion by starting somewhere, by, you know, small town, you know, being exposed to music. Obviously, you probably had a love for music. Does that come from like your parents or were you brought up around it or were you kind of introduced to it kind of like the right time?
1: Okay. Yeah, uh, I think that um, for the last question, you know, without getting too much into the psychology of I mean, it, right. I think like my dad was, my dad was always a, a musician, um, mm-hmm. but he wasn't really around too much, and uh, you know, maybe like always had like an intrinsic want to like be cool for my dad. I don't know. Okay. But uh, you know, I always wanted to play music. Okay. And then um, I never really put the hours into building my musicianship. Right. But then when I went to that rave that I told you about, I like bought turntables. My first set of turntables like a few months later. Okay. And just dove in really deep there, and I think that just. You know, it, it kind of just grew from there. And then, yeah, the, the timing thing had a lot to do with it. Like, um, you know, when I, the the shows that I shoot now for my clients, you know, it's like 30, 40,000 people are coming to these things. Wow. The artists are getting paid a lot. It's like, right. there's a lot going on. When I started going to them, it was like, I would sneak out of my house in the mountains Mm-hmm. And drive two hours and then, <laughs> and then go to some like literally some warehouse just in the middle of nowhere right and that's like, the real raves yeah and, right. and like you know the guys are playing vinyl there was no money in it like right you know they you pay like 10 bucks at the door so okay. you know the timing of it did just happen like i was i was really into it and then yeah the timing was good because that music style and everything popped just the story time so it really, really right. was a meeting of. My passion, things that I like, and and just hard work, and and throwing stuff out there too. I mean, like you know, there's always that that thing that people say where like luck is the, the intersection of preparation and opportunity. Right. And it was like you know, for the few years before I got anything substantial, I was doing just a bunch of stuff for free and uh-huh. just putting you know, making a lot of videos and putting out a lot of DJ mixes, and just putting them out there. Uh-huh and then when the opportunities arose that got placed in my path, you know, I was able to, like, leverage that body of work, I guess, I don't know. Okay. So, yeah, there's a little bit of that, a uh, little bit of that time. Okay. That's dope, man.
0: It's, it's, you know, one word that stuck out to me that you, that you talked about was preparation and free, you know, and I think that, you know, to, to kind of, like, echo what you were talking about, as, far as you know, you talking about being an entrepreneur and like just the sacrifice, I don't see it as like you sneaking out the house. I see that as like passion, like you got a passion and that passion was like, yo, okay, I need to tap into this and I'm so passionate about it that I'm gonna do it for free, which ultimately helped you create a body of work. You know what I mean? And now where you are today doing, thousands of people, festivals, and you've you've grown with this industry and you have a name with it. And I think that you know kind of like my own journey, that's exactly what I did, dude. I, I did free haircuts. I did five dollar haircuts just to get my name out there. And I had to kind of redefine like, is it actually free? Is it? It's not actually free. It's you're doing the work and you're making the investment into yourself and if you can attach you know time versus money to that it's like okay it was a two hour drive and it was two hour drive back it's four hours it's what two three hours at the party maybe five hours and you can add money to that so you say if I did free if I had you know I did that once a week it was free I invested you say I invested over the course of my life you know over a hundred thousand you know a hundred thousand dollars into advertising myself. You know, that's how I look at, at free. It's not free, I'm just doing the sweat equity that ultimately is going to make me who I am to this day. And, you know, I think that with the music festivals, where they are or where they were, we don't know where they are right now, but uh, if you can tell me, like, where do you think music festivals are, are going to go Uh, since, you know, this drastic change and, you know, social distancing and touch on that uh, from an entrepreneurial perspective and, you know, where you see, like, or where you're starting to make
1: little pivots here and there. Yeah, sure. Um, It's really, really hard to say because, just like everything else going on, there's so much uncertainty nobody really knows and, you know, I think what a lot of people are doing kind of goes back to a little bit of what you said right now, which is that that um, that in, that investing time and um, uncertainty, just doing it because we want to do it. It's like, you know, I think people are big trying to figure it out where it's going to go. Um, I've seen a lot uh, live streams happen, uh-huh. you know, and uh, I've had a lot of. Um, potential calls and uh, potential projects come across my desk mm-hmm. for helping people build out their live streams, and unfortunately, nothing substantial is coming out of it yet. Right. I think everybody's trying to figure it out. You know, I have a couple. I really don't have an answer on where I think it's going to go. I, I have the two scenarios that I drift back and forth on in my head quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. One being, you know that. The, the golden age of festivals has passed, you know, that's the doom and gloom side of me. You know, I, right. it's like every day I wake up with a different different thought of what's gonna happen. <laughs> right. And one, one day I'm thinking, man, this, I think of all the stuff that I've done over the past eight, eight or nine years or so, and the gigantic music festivals that I've seen, and taking all my friends out um, uh-huh. to some remote location, and having a blast, and filming these things, and producing uh-huh. content. Looking at it right now, realizing how blessed at a time that was, um, financially but also just lifestyle wise, like having the opportunity to get paid to do all this stuff, and then seeing what's happening now and wondering if, if that's behind right. us. You right? You know, if that is like, um, I don't know if, uh, if you remember this, um, I, I think you're probably old enough to maybe have parents that remember this or anything, but there was. There was the day of the, the disco guy, and it was, I believe yeah. it was in the early 70s, and there was some radio DJ, I think I could be misquoting information right now, but I think he was a rock and roll radio DJ that just had it out for disco. I and think there was a documentary on
0: that, I'm yeah. not sure, but yeah, I think I know who you're talking about, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and I forget his name, but he had uh, set up this event where um, everybody came out to some baseball game and brought their disco records and burned them. It's like the equivalent wow. of like it'd wow. be the equivalent of uh, you know when when rap music was getting a lot of flack in like right. the, the late '90s, early thousands, right. Um especially and, in New York. Yeah, and having some some a bunch of people against it going out to games and like just destroying the music. Right. And this happened for disco, and and they talk about it as the day that disco died, and um, you know, I don't know my history well enough to know if it was exactly the same after that or not. But you know, uh, the, the doom and gloom side of me looks at this and wonders, like, is this the day that that, that died? The right, they stop right. touring, the the music festivals every weekend, the summers where it's like flying from one shoot to the next and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so that there's that one side of me, um, and then the other side just thinks about um, you know, I spent a lot of time in Chicago. Over the last few years, and uh, if you've ever been there, you'll know that like the winters are really, really, really stiff. But uh-huh. you know, the moment that there is like a shred of sunshine, if it gets like above like 50 degrees and well, a like, the sun, like <laughs> it's like
0: they can't handle it. Dude, they just gotta get out. And and the,
1: the, the patios are packed, like the the bars are packed to the brim. Right. The rooftops are full, and you know they're you know, they're, they're talking about scaling back social distancing, like, in a scaled process. Who knows what that's going to look like? But right, no think, one will know. No one knows, yeah. But I think about Chicago and when wintertime is over, how everybody just wants to go. And, you know, so my other side hopes that once this thing is over, people are just going to want to get back out and, and party and barring some kind of local regulation and laws and stuff that stop people from doing it, yeah. hopefully that's how it lands. Well, yeah. yeah, so what I'm doing in the meantime is just preparing myself for the, the worst case scenario. So trying to trying
0: to pivot myself and my business however I can to be prepared for whichever of those scenarios ends up playing out, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's good, man. I um yeah, we, we don't know because obviously and I, that kind of it feels like and not to go into the whole I think enough people are tired of listening to the whole COVID nineteen because it's kind of paralyzing. 'Cause no one really knows and like, right. right, you know, unfortunately we're not gonna know until they do loosen up some things and we do get out there and, and, and see what can happen, what's gonna happen. It's kinda like coming out of a bunker, like it's a war over? Like, right. like a gunshot, and they're like, Nope, it's not over. Let's go <laughs> yeah, back <right>. in <laughs> say, back here, You know what I'm saying? Get your hands back in there, you know what I'm saying? So but it's it's gonna have to happen and from there I think businesses will and will start to kinda like either move where the herd goes or entrepreneurship will like determine like, you know, like, oh, no, that's, that's definitely not the way I want to go. And I want to be innovative. And I think innovation, um, I was talking to another client previously earlier today and I was like, you know, the best things have come out of struggle, man, like in lack when you lack, it's like, oh. This is easy. Like, oh, I don't really need a gym. Why don't I just get my ass down there, do some push-ups, sit-ups, and I've got social media and all these things. So spending time with your with yourself, especially an entrepreneur, causes you to think. But it also is like, depending on what age you are and where you are financially, you're like, I can't take another risk now. Mm -hmm. Hold on. So the risk factor is a little bit more calculated and a little softer approach as far as you know you don't want to jump out there as much because you're going to feel the hurt you're going to feel it this time if if it doesn't work so this is interesting man and uh that was an interesting you know topic you were talking about from a music musician videographer perspective of like you don't really know where that is going to go but you know you do have to stay ready you know what i mean so that's cool man that's cool so I in our past conversations, you tell me we always talk about your are dog because I have my dog here, Bellagio, and you just got a new pup. So how's that? How's that life going with you? You got a new pup in your life, and uh, quarantine, and you know, for the pup, are you guys getting out or what? It, it, are you training him?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Bellagio is great, by the way. It's an nice. amazing dog. <laughs> I to have a French dog, It's so killer dogs. Um, yeah, I got Huxley, she's a golden retriever. I got her in October of last year, and I also moved in October. And, um, you know, back to the topic of this quarantine that we're living in, um, the, the apartment that I moved into, uh, had I known this quarantine was coming, I might not have because it's a little more pricey, you know, but right, right. You know, I would have done a lot of things differently had I known this was coming. But the the point is, is that uh, I got really lucky because the space that I moved into, it's, it's got a, like a rooftop, like my own private rooftop that's a oh, yard yeah. and all that stuff because I got the dog, oh, you know, I was yeah, like, I, was yeah, like you yeah. know, I got this dog, but I still live in the city and I exercise, but this is a big dog. It's not like the French bulldog I had before where it needs a lot of exercise. So uh-huh. I saw this space when I was looking for apartments and I was like, this is my, this is my new spot. And, um, you know those two things at the same time uh i feel really fortunate i've talked to a bunch of people during this and i feel really blessed by like the luck or whatever it was they got me both get a dog and that spot that spot right because it's like i i have like a loft that i work out out of and it opens up to my patio so Huxley will be hanging out with me and I'll just be working nonstop all day which is kind of what I do Mm -hmm. and then I can just walk out to my patio and just get sunshine anytime and uh I think of a lot of people that don't have that same thing or they live with like a couple roommates that they're stuck in the house with all the time they might not have a patio it's like where do you go and you just want to like get some some fresh fresh air sunshine, you know exactly yeah and luckily I have that opportunity and uh and then the dog she just she just keeps me company, you know. Like I mm-hmm. have not felt lonely at all. Right. You know, and uh, and the great thing is too is uh, if you are a work from home person or an entrepreneur person, you have an intrinsic passion and a drive, and that's kind of just a that's a baseline to have it. But there's always like the um, you know you're always battling against like sleeping in. You know, you're always <laughs> battling against like absolutely. Like even though I'm like I'll work my I'll work my ass off no matter what, like I still might sleep longer than I want, but the dog doesn't let me, you know. Right. The moment she hears me rustling around, she doesn't sleep on the bed, but she'll, like, she'll hop her paws up on the bed and start sniffing. I'm like, all right. Exactly. I got to get up. Let's do something. Go. And, you know, (laughs) as she's getting bigger, she's, like, she's, like, 11 months old now, and you don't want to, you don't want to jog with, especially golden retrievers, when they're young because they're still developing their hips, Mm -hmm. which can cause a problem as they get older. But uh, she's old enough now to where I can jog with her, so it's, like, and if I don't run her out in the morning, she's oh, yeah. just a pain in the ass all day. Like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be working at my desk and she'll get up and, like, start nudging me with toys and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's actually a really great thing, man. I'm, like, so fortunate to have it because it's like it forces me to wake like, up. Uh, I got to go, I go jog with her like two miles every morning at this okay. park in Noho. And, uh, are you familiar with that park? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great, man. I'm fortunate that, too. It's like it's right down the street. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, I, I, I like jogging, but I'm always not. The same way I like, don't wake up in the morning all the time. I'm, I can sometimes find myself being lazy, but the dog doesn't let me. Right. So it's like, uh, you know, thank, 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 uh, thankful to her because she gets me up in the morning, gets me exercise and gets me that clarity that like a jog gives me throughout uh-huh. the day. And then she keeps me company all day. So it's been really great. I've been training her, trying to teach her stuff. And she's really smart. She really loving so uh, it's a great experience, man. And it's dope. and being locked up in quarantine with a dog in my own spot has been the best the best situation I could think of for myself. Absolutely, and man. I can I can relate
0: because Bellagio here he keeps me company. even though know, sometimes he's like, "Oh, dude, like I want I, I just brought you from outside. You like cool off and then he wants to go like right back out. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, man. It's definitely uh. Dogs. I didn't realize how much they keep you keep you company until like I um, let one of my uh, my buddies take Bellagio for for a day for his girls. Right. And I came back and I was like, "Where's my dog? Like, you yeah. know, it's like you're not being greeted, you're not being so." it's Really, I could see how people are like, "This is my family member." You know what I mean? Like Bellagio, pain. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, man. it is, man. It's, it's amazing. Huxley, Huxley, right? yeah. yeah, man. You gotta when she gets a little, a little older, we'll set up a little play date or something like that. Yeah, the love playing
1: with other yeah. dogs, man. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So closing questions, man. As I finish up the little poly- polishing up your your, your haircut, uh, top five uh, bucket list must dos. Like, you know, we're not talking about like, you're pretty young, so. But something that, it's, this could be like, hey, man, 2020 bucket list. I got to I gotta get this done.
1: Sure, sure. Like, for me personally? hmm Yeah, I, um, I, I've been pretty fortunate in my career to have been forced to do a lot of things that, like, I might not have done, you know? Okay. Like, if I was recommending it to other people, I'd say, if you kind of go backpacking somewhere for, like, a long stretch uh-huh. by yourself, you know? Like, yeah. in some foreign country, like... You know, go to Burning Man, go like experience the world, especially if you're like me from a small town. Um, you know, take the vacation, but like, you know, find yourself. Right. Um, you know, for me personally, in, in 2020, things that I'm trying to do, uh, I have been like, I've been wanting to get a music project out for a really long time. When I started my video career, it kind of segued me away from my personal music. In a good way. I mean, I had a great, I, have, I had a great career and stuff. But as I've gotten older, it's been one of these things that's nagging at me that I just got to get out. So, mm-hmm. um, bucket list things to do is that that thing that you've always wanted to do, whether it's like starting a business or doing something dumb like starting a music career in your thirties. <laughs> you just, you just go for it, man! Like whatever. Right. It's like I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna look back on my life and and risk missing anything. You know, right. like. If you're in this, like I, I always wanted to box i always wanted to learn to fight people and i did it. Okay. you know it's like the, those things that you always wanted to do that are kind of silly you just mm-hmm. do them you don't know what that's going to come out of it right um having a dog is great you know giving yourself to a relationship and learning that about you like that's that's three things travel man and just uh just learn to be happy dude that's a that's a big thing for that's, me yeah that's a journey that's a big one, man, and yeah. it's a, it's a daily battle. It's like you know, remembering to wake up and uh, journal and manage my mental health okay. It's something that um, that I always am like a champion for and helped me out quite a bit. So I'd say, yeah, like you know, do do that thing that's nagging you. Travel. Okay. You know, take take a risk, get a dog, fall in love. Right. Send, right. Just right. Send, right. A man, live, just man. send a man live, dude. dude. Nice. Live like take this vessel that we got and just throw it around the world, man, slap it against things, see what it
0: can do, <laughs> enjoy it, bro, like, hurt some knees, Have some hurt some older. Do man. That's, that's dope, man, that's dope, I like that, that's, that's, I'm, I'm gonna take that, take that, run with it, there's right. a lot of things I wanna do. Yeah, man, well, I what, pre- why not? Yeah, I mean, well, look, give them your, uh, give them your, uh, you know, your closing tag or, you know, your Instagram, where people find you, website, where they can do some of your work, and uh, maybe we can get some, you know, you can get some new customers out of here. That's got some, some cash out there you, So
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's it's pretty dry during these times. So uh, <laughs> happy to have you. Uh, yeah, my name is Justin Nizer. I'm at Justin Nizer. So at J U S T I N N I Z E R on Instagram, and my business is iWax Films. E Y E W A X Films. Cool. And uh, you can check out all my stuff there. See what I'm doing. Check out pictures of my dog my
0: videos. Absolutely, man. Hey guys, I thank you so much. This is a house of no hope podcast episode one with, uh, my special guest, uh, Justin Nizer, And, uh, we appreciate you guys listening and we hope to uh, have you subscribe. Uh, we'll be having some cash app stuff so we can keep this going. You guys can, can donate whatever, but we just appreciate you guys listening. All right. Thank you so much. And, uh, we talk to you guys soon. Peace. Come <sharp inhale> on.